Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learn something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Maddie Collins. Please welcome me and joining our panelists. We have Kara Hardin, registered psychotherapist and chief executive officer at the Practice Lab, and Dr. Trish Holliday, vice president of HR and corporate services at Nashville Electric Service. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. So let's just go ahead and dive in with our first question. How are emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence, e-learning, and virtual reality transforming the way that organizations approach training and development? This is a really great question because I think there's a lot of transformation happening around this idea of technology and learning and development. And one of the things that I think it's helping drive is a more hybrid approach to how people learn. It's meeting a need it's not just a one path way of learning now. People can learn by audio, they can learn by watching and participating on screen. It's a great blended approach. And e-learning, I know we use e-learning to support all our compliance driven learning, especially when people need to understand policies and procedures and rules. What e-learning does is it allows people to interact, but on an individual basis. So the learning is more impactful and it actually stays with individuals longer when they can participate on screen with a particular compliance issue that they're learning about. So we have found e-learning to be a really positive way to address a lot of different type of learning needs here at our company. And one of the things that I've done just through my professional career with technology is I think it adds a high level of value to the experience because it keeps the talking heads from just always talking and it makes it interactive. So that whole virtual reality, e-learning, AI space is really an important piece for us as learning and development professionals to make sure we are getting up to speed on how to use those skills. Trish, I really, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, you know, my work is with strivers, people who feel most safe, secure, and like they belong when they're meeting and exceeding expectations. And what we've come to expect is what we want when we want it immediately. And taking platforms, e-learning in particular, virtually and in hybrid have allowed uh, facilitators like me, but also organizations to customize while also increasing access at the very same time. Two things that oftentimes couldn't sit together, like it used to be have to be standardized if it was gonna reach a lot of people. Now it can be customized because you can have standardized content that runs asynchronously with blips of customization in between. And so what I see more and more are organizations that are combining, I love you drop like podcasts with elements of online questionnaires with individual coaching so that there's a way more holistic approach which is increasing engagement. Like strivers are like, oh, this is actually not just gonna be me learning compliance in the most boring way for half an hour. It's gonna help me feel like a part of the team and like I belong. 
and here are the ways that it's individualized to my learning style. Yes, and I love the fact that technology will allow us to reach all different types of learning styles, and that's a really important piece. This is a place where technology really can enhance the learning experience. And a lot of times I, I get a sense that we think technology well, it's not, it may not work, so I'm just gonna leave it out. And one of the things I think we have to get better at as professionals is our own confidence level in using it because it enhances the learner's experience. And to me, that's what it's all about. If we're not doing our job and making sure we're upskilling ourselves mm -hmm. in this space, then learning and development kind of plateaus, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then the learning does the same thing. So I think, we really need to make sure as learning professionals, we're getting the expertise we need to use it in all our different places and spaces. You know, I think I have a really on the ground example of that as you're talking. I did before this call started, I do it before every meeting, before every program I run, I ask, how are you really? Like, what are you experiencing right now? How are you really right now? And absent technology, that's a really confronting question. Like if you're in a room full of your peers and there is a stranger at the front of the room saying, how are you actually right now? Are you really going to announce if you're insecure about your performance, if you're worried about your stability, if you don't like your manager, if you're feeling anxious about overproduction or overwhelm? No. But when I use polling software that makes everything anonymous and a word cloud shows up, the technology yeah. facilitates the connection in yeah. that very moment. And so you're right. It is our job to upskill. You know, there's research around this that oftentimes a millennial diversity issue is a lot of times the older you feel, the less likely you feel more confident engaging with technology. But the research is the opposite. You are more competent or as competent. It's just that because your confidence is low, you're less likely to want to try. Mm -hmm. And so I hope people are hearing you increase access, you increase opportunity, you increase effectiveness and impact, all when you're willing to think about the learning goals, which is what learning development specialists do all the time, and then how to meet people where they are using technology that's available to you. Yeah, I don't think it should be the key driver. I think it's an enhancer. That's a really important piece because I never want technology to take away the human piece of mm. what learning brings. And that's why I'm a big fan of making sure, and like even at this company, our IT department is a partner with my training section. As they're designing things, technology has to be right there with them. And together, I think we create better content and the better learning experience than if we were to do that in silos. And people thinking that, oh, I'm just gonna click and click and it's gonna be so boring. So I'm a fan. And I think it's up to us to get better in this space as learning professionals. You're kind of segueing right into the next question. I was gonna say like just all this discussion of the importance of uh, communication and getting down to that human element really does transition us perfectly into that next question like you were saying, Kara, which is how has the importance of soft skills evolved in today's workforce and why are they so crucial? Kind of going back to how technology is a tool to enhance these learning and development initiatives. A hundred percent. And so, Oftentimes what I see organizations doing, you can see it on the headlines of HBR and sort of any of the major publications right now, they're struggling with the question of like where people are working. Like they're still in hybrid. They're asking, where do we work? How do we engage in work? And how do we fix scope? The real challenge I see people engaging in is their relationship to work itself. How are they engaging with work itself? And that is fundamentally a people question. 
What do I mean when I say, how are people engaging in work? I mean that there are studies that have shown that your manager has a greater impact on your mental health than your therapist equivalent to your spouse or nearly close. Like why I left my law job to be a therapist thinking I was going to help people's mental health is now beyond me because of that research. And so as we engage with the question of how work, I'm talking about how we connect as people. The future of work isn't necessarily the bottom lines and the productivities. The organizations that are going to be at the forefront of the discussion are ones that build care, connection, and community consistently enough to retain talent. And that is all within the realm of soft skills. Trish, I'm curious what you have to say about this one. Well, first of all, I call them hard skills because I think they are <laughs> the that. hardest thing for us to learn and then apply. And, and what we know is great leaders have excelled in mastering those hard skills or soft skills, if you will. But, you know, when I think about it, you said something that really triggered some thought in me is I do believe people leave their bosses. They don't leave the company. They leave the experience that is creating them pain or difficulty or where they don't feel supported or valued. People leave those environments in today's time. And this is why it's urgent. We're having this conversation this week and at the beginning of the week, because this says we need to stop. We've got to really focus and developing people is critical to the overall success of the company. Those in leadership have to know that it's serious. It's a serious role and retention relies heavily on their expertise in that space. You know, I'm just thinking something through in this moment so we can do it generously and be learning professionals together. One of the things that I see a lot in my private practice and in my consulting is how our own developmental experiences often show up at work. And so things we experienced as children, as adolescents, sort of how we learned about who we are is then managed and retained at work. Let me give an example and build it back to what we're talking about in terms of like people helping people is the future of work. So for example, if growing up, you learned that the only way you were valuable was to be perfect, to get the highest grades, to get the best marks, to engage at the top level. You know, you're in Kiwanis, you're teaching this, you're doing that. You show up at work and you know what's going to be really hard? Feedback, performance reviews, mm -hmm. any type of engagement where you're going to be told, you know, you're great. And also you need to grow in these ways. And unless leaders and unless colleagues are equipped and unless we are equipped as individuals to grow up from that understanding of ourselves, unless we have opportunities to develop as people with mm -hmm. other people and how we understand ourselves in the world, great talent, like the person that was at the top of their class, they're never going to be satisfied in their work. Like mm -hmm. if you're listening you're not satisfied, something is, is needing to be addressed and be healed. And maybe it's the context in, you're working in, but maybe it's your understanding of what work is. Great leaders do that. They mm -hmm. show up and helpful and figure out what that is and help them through it. Trish, does that make, like, am I making sense? Totally makes sense. And, and one of the things that I think is a soft skill that we don't spend enough time on is not just how to deliver balanced feedback, but it's also how to receive feedback. So mm -hmm. it, we don't teach people what it means to receive as a gift 
Someone mm -hmm. is giving us their perspective that might help us improve our own effectiveness. And, you know, what comes with that gift is a lot of times if a tone or the way somebody comes at us mm -hmm. with feedback, those are things that can derail that gift and not be received as a gift, right? The actual context of what they're saying may be really helpful, which is why we have to not just isolate, okay, this list of skills, then check the box, but we need to start to integrate all the skills of leading people where they all flow together. So I've got to be someone who empowers others. I've got to be someone who supports others. I've got to lift people up. And if those are happening, when I'm delivering hard feedback, then they're received differently. And it's, it's as if, okay, you care about me as a person. Yes. And so that's what I loved. Also, what you were saying is it's so relational at the end of the day. When I think of how relational work is these days, I think of that, it's not directly Brene Brown, but the idea comes when you read her work is like, connection comes before any kind of correction. And so if you're listening and you're wondering, okay, well, how do I receive feedback or how do I balance feedback and what programming do I run on that? Well, programming on how to connect effectively with people, how to listen, how to ask powerful questions, how to empathize, how to practice compassion, how to view stress, not just as something that kicks up your flight, flight, freeze system, but your tend and befriend system and your challenge response, like ways to dig into how people show up for one another. So you know more about yourself as well as be skilled up, hard skills. I love that as well as yeah. have the opportunity to practice the hard skills where you can really connect before you yeah. do any kind of productivity correction related work. And empathic listening has become something I've been focused on a lot lately with our management, because I think it does start with listening. And it starts with, you know, you're not listening to speak. You're not listening to hurry up and judge coming in with, oh, I heard them say this, so let me correct what they're saying. Or you're not coming in with, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I need to course correct now. There's a way to listen to first fully receive what somebody's giving you. And then... How do I, in that relationship, where do I take them next? You know, what path do we need to go down? So I think there's a skill in that, and I'm not sure we spend enough time in that space learning that. And even as executives, I say to my peers, it's really important for us as executives to model that from the top down. And we need to show through our own actions that that matters. It's really interesting. So Michael Bungestainer is a coach in Canada and he's written a number of books, The Advice Trap, The Coaching Habit, How to Begin or Where to Start or How to Start, I think. And one of the things he talks about, so what I see in really high achievers is when we listen, we're problem solving. We're like so task oriented. We're going through our to-do list. And so someone's speaking mm -hmm. and they're like, what does this mean for me? What do I have to do next? And the challenge when you listen from that place is twofold. One, you're often solving the wrong problem. Like you're working mm -hmm. with competent, capable people. The solution you have is not the problem that they're actually facing. It's not the real challenge. And two, even if you are offering a solution to the right challenge, it's probably a mediocre one. And yeah. so as you were talking, I was thinking, even in this moment, had I not really been listening to you, I wouldn't have even thought of that writing, of that research, because I would have been empathic listening 
What is empathic listening? What does that involve? What does it look like? As opposed to this is the path we're on and following with you. It's mm -hmm. a really embodied, present oriented, hard, mm -hmm. fun practice. Yeah. You know, Marshall Goldsmith talks about a technique and I think it is so important in, in today's times. Uh, he talks about a technique around feed forward. And so we are always giving feedback. And one of the things I think is really important is to help people think, okay, it's not just what happened six months ago or even three weeks ago. Let's talk about when you encounter this situation in the future, how best is it to respond? What's the best strategy? What are the skills and techniques that you need to recall in order to be successful in the future in that situation? And what that does is it lowers defenses. It gives people a chance to plan ahead. And we're not stuck in that world behind us. And now we're moving forward as people, as professionals in the workplace. So I, as you were speaking, I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to remember that, you know, this whole soft skill piece is so relational and how do we connect with people so that they hear, learn and apply. About the past, the future, the feed forward, and even in yeah. the present moment, Yeah, right? Even in the present yeah. moment. That's what that listening piece. Yeah. Love that. Thank you, Trish and Kara. This has been such like a fascinating panel discussion just to go so deep into such like pertinent topics. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Again, I'm Maddie Collins and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.